When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Sports Betting Network, a little action today, as Amal Shaw said right before the show started there at the D, as we've got playoff baseball. The 2023 Major League Baseball playoffs start today. As a matter of fact, you got a game first pitch down in Tampa, a.k.a. St. Pete, coming up in about seven and a half minutes. So we're going to cap Texas Tampa Bay. We also have, starting during the show here, Sharp Money on Visa. We've got Miami and Philly. Excuse me. We've got Toronto and Minnesota. Something's got to give. There's some streaks going on. The Rangers have lost six straight playoff games coming in. The Rays have lost five straight playoff games coming in. The Blue Jays have lost five straight games coming in and Minnesota. The twins have lost 12 straight games coming into the postseason and 18 of 19. The theme with baseball and those two games, something's got to give. Okay. Of course, we'll get to last night's embarrassment in Jersey coming up in just a bit, but we say hi. I'm Patrick Maher live from Los Angeles and the boys, the dangerous duo there downtown at the D Fremont street, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. Boys, we're going to start with Texas and Tampa Bay just to get a quick cap in. But I ask you, as we do have a few minutes here, how are we? Amal Shah, how are you? Well, I'm doing better than the Giants despite sitting through and watching the entirety of that football game last night. What a horrific game from both sides offensively. But looking forward to this game when we get into Texas and Tampa, guys. I got to just kind of put a little caution on the Rangers here. Patrick, they blew a great opportunity to win the division. They shouldn't be playing until Saturday, but instead they are down in St. Petersburg taking on the Rays. The Rangers and Rays, the third and fourth highest scoring teams in baseball, respectively. Of course, the Braves and Dodgers ahead of them. However, I am going to bore the two of you and maybe the audience. I like the unders in both games to start the postseason. Under seven and a half Rangers raise. You can find an eight in the market. And I like the under Blue Jays, Minnesota with Gosman and Lopez. That matchup. Big guy. It's an exciting time of the year as the postseason gets underway in Major League Baseball. It's cracking. Uh, we are aligned, my friend. We are aligned on that under. I like it. I think Jordan Montgomery is a little bit sneakier than people think. He has a 288 lifetime ERA at the top. And I think a lot of the numbers we're seeing from the Rays hitters versus Montgomery, when you subtract the fact that they don't have Brandon Lau, they don't have Wander Franco in the lineup anymore, I think we're in for a lower scoring game with two pretty good pitchers on the hill. Well, why don't we get it started? And you just sent us over. You texted us. Dustin had myriad futures going into the Major League Baseball season. Dustin Animal, both great job, are going to cash on Blake Snell, which we can get to in just a little bit. But I mentioned the Rangers at the Rays opening up uh, this series. It's six straight for the Rangers. Rays, five straight losses. It's interesting with the aces. Let's start there, Amal Shaw. Montgomery wasn't supposed to be the Rangers ace. Of course, they trade for DeGrom. He gone. They trade for 
for Scherzer at the trade deadline and he's gone. Montgomery has pitched great to be fair. And then conversely, the Rays, Glasnow wasn't supposed to be your ace for the Rays as McClanahan, a pitcher that you and I like a lot, was supposed to be on the bump. But two aces, again, it's playoff baseball. Runs come at a premium. I do like the under and I'm seeing an eight pop up in the market here. Well, first of all, I like your plan, the under here, even though it's trending towards the over because you mentioned Montgomery. Last four starts, 27 innings pitch, just giving up two earned runs. He has been tremendous for this team. And another point you brought up, which is excellent, when you look at this postseason, this is a best two out of three. It's all hands on deck right now. We're not waiting until game two, game three. You're not going to let any pitcher get in trouble here. If you see or get an idea that someone could be in a little bit of peril, you're going to make a quick pitching change. Now, the Rangers' bullpen is a little bit disconcerting in terms of the lack of consistency. We saw Chapman get into a little bit of trouble in Seattle. But for me right now, this is a good play in the under 7.5. You mentioned it, postseason baseball. It's going to be a 3-2, 4-3 type of game. It's rare yep. that you get those games to fly over the total. Sometimes they do. But, Patrick, i got to tell you, in a shortened series, more than an LCS or a World Series, where you might have some situations where you say, hey, buddy, you got to eat an inning or two. You just don't have that luxury right now. You've got 18 innings left, potentially 27, to make your season. Yeah, well put. And two teams that I love, the Rangers and the Rays, I like watching both these teams, Dustin Sweetelson. Uh, it's interesting, this total open date, quickly steamed, quickly hit down to seven and a half. We are seeing an eight offshore pop up. So again, if you have multiple outs, you could potentially find that eight, which is huge with the half a run. Uh, quickly, just say this, I, I don't hate the first five. You get plus money on the under three and a half as well. I like Glasnow on the bump at home in St. Pete, pretty much untouchable team sitting a buck 63 across over 56 and two third or 56 and two third two starts excuse me 10 starts under the dome for Glasnow much better at home there in St. Pete yeah, yeah, he is better at home. A 3180 ERA, 384 on the road. He's also better in day games than night games. A 3.27 ERA versus 362 at night. One start versus the Rangers this year where he went six innings, one earned, six strikeouts, and the Rays won eight to three. What's interesting about Glass now is he's actually better second time through the order this year. Opponents hitting just 194 against him in that second time through the order. The way I capped it was I think you'll get six good innings out of him where he'll limit Texas's offense. And on the other side, I don't think a ton of runs are going to be scored by the Rays. I know a lot of sharp people, from what I could tell via the old Twitter bot machine, uh, like the Rays today, and the money kept moving that way. I couldn't get there because I think Texas as a dog has a shot. I just I didn't feel good about either side. I do like this under. I think the Rays, while they have the second best win percentage in baseball against left-handed pitching and the sixth best OPS against southpaws, they ju- they're just 16th in home runs and 15th in runs against lefties. So I think they could win in what could be a lower scoring game to start the playoffs. Is it universal, boys? Do we all love the under here? I mean, love is love is a stretch because you'd like to get the eight off the opener, but I, I am comfortable them all with the under seven and a half here. Uh, are you? I, I am very comfortable with the under seven and a half. I will say this. If you're comparing the two games, the one starting in the Twin Cities in about an hour and a half, I would probably play that one first in terms of the under before right. I would take this one. But I think, guys, this is a tough one. You get that extra half a run. It's so crucial. I'm not enamored with the three and a half in the first five, but I would look at the seven and a half for the game. I don't want a single inning to beat me. I think we're going to have a lot of zero frames throughout this game, and I, don't, I just don't want a single inning to kind of uh, derail the opportunity here. But I like the play overall. This is playoff baseball. This is a great opportunity when you get so if you're an under better, this is about as good as it gets when you get into the postseason. Well, I totally agree with you. Let's let's get to that one coming up in about an hour and a half. Toronto at Minnesota. I mentioned the Blue Jays five straight losses in the postseason. A lot of expectations. If you take a look at these two teams, they're very disparate as far as what we expected of them coming into the year. The Blue Jays with a lot of big names in that lineup. Minnesota lost 12 straight, 18 of 19, which is just a crazy stat the big guy gave me earlier today. I, I like the under here. I, I get start sorry to be boring. Gosman and Lopez both rested. Amal, we'll start with you. The fastball splitter combo from Gosman. The Twins just don't hit the splitter. I think he's going to be tremendous. Lopez, we saw Lopez in the WBC, Venezuela in a big spot. I I don't think he's going to be afraid of this moment. Good pitching, great pitching. 
a greater than sign, great hitting come the postseason. If I give one team the edge and big guy, maybe you can give me the series price. I, I actually think I like the twins just because two good bullpens with the blue Jays and twins, but Paddock is back in Maeda, the middle innings and Duran, the back end. I, I prefer the twins a little bit as far as the bullpens concerned, but these are two pretty evenly matched teams and you can see it there. I'm all with the series price. The twins, a dollar 15, just a slight favorite. I think you make a great argument for Minnesota. I'm the opposite of you. I'll go with Toronto in this series simply because I don't like the propensity of Minnesota to strike out so much. You need to be able to put the ball in play in the postseason at times, and it concerns me when you're going to have your best arms going, guys having the ability to strike out. And that's one of the reasons I love the under in this game. Gosman's got 237 strikeouts against 185 innings pitched this year, 19 home runs. Patrick, when you look at the number of innings pitched, the number of games he's pitched in 31 this year, he's given up less than a homer per game, and we know the Twins can hit the long ball. And if you can negate that in this type of situation, and when you have ducks on the pond having the opportunity to get some strikeouts, that's so crucial to stymieing rallies. I really like the Toronto offense with Bichette and Guerrero still. Uh, That gives them a slight edge in my estimation. I think Toronto wins a very, very competitive series, and I'm going to go with a slight edge to Toronto here. Yeah, good breakdown. Uh, were you guys a little surprised, Dustin? Were you a little surprised? The Twins, you know, essentially dollar fifteen, a dollar five. So either way, just a slight favorite against the Blue Jays. I, I was surprised just because. Look, you're not high on the Blue Jays, and apparently the market isn't that high on the Blue Jays. If I go through my futures bets. I think I've placed four or five different World Series bets on the Blue Jays throughout the year because I just can't quit the talent on this team. And it could blow up in my face here, certainly. But the way the Twins put together this team, it bothers me. I hate their lineup, but you can't argue with the production. Fifth best against righties in OPS, fourth most homers against righties, fifth most runs scored, and ninth best win percentage in baseball against right-handed pitching. That's why they're favored today against who is a better pitcher in Kevin Gossman. I'm going to go against that, though, because I think Gossman is a different type of dude. The splitter that he has is one of the best out pitches in all of baseball, and I think a lot of his numbers are skewed. I think when you look back at his playoff performances and his overall ERA, it's not great at 4.57, but you got to remember, this guy was in the postseason as a kid in 2014 with Baltimore, 2018 with Atlanta, 2021 with San Francisco, and last year with Toronto. A lot of those starts came when he wasn't the guy we're seeing now, which is a legitimate frontline eight. So I'll take my plus money on the lineup that I actually like better, despite the numbers maybe not backing me up there, and the pitcher, I think, who can shut him down. I think Toronto gets to Pablo Lopez, and on the other side, Gossman limits the Twins. Yep, you, you nailed it. It's a splitter. You both mentioned the splitter from Gossman, and the Twins just haven't. You dig a little deeper this morning. They haven't hit the splitter all year. How about sharp money? Have we been just... Thirsty to talk baseball? Honestly, <laughs> three of us were like rapid fire. Couldn't wait to get our thoughts out on these two series. Well, look, we talked about a lot throughout the course of the season. It was either that or start with the Giants offense and the Seahawks who should be put into that conversation as well. I didn't want to just start with complete ineptitude. Well, I, I would agree. And so, again, there you have it. Two series starting while we're on the air. Your later series tonight, Arizona, a big dog in that series against Milwaukee. And then, of course, I mentioned Miami, a big dog in that series against Philly. Now, it's interesting what's happening in New York and the conversation surrounding Daniel Jones. When we return, I'll tell you, Tri-State, why you've got it all wrong. You're pointing the finger at the wrong person. We'll get to that next here. Sharp Money. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, we got you back here. Major League Baseball, the postseason is underway. And guess what's starting soon? The NHL. And what do we have for you? Our 2023 NHL betting guide team previews for all 32 teams. First period betting strategy is very important. Futures, props, picks, it's all there. It's a great job. Adam Burke joins us coming up in about two hours and 45. And he had a lot to do as managing editor over at vsin.com. We've got a bunch of new staff dedicated to the hockey. So make sure you check it out. vsin.com slash subscribe. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher as we welcome you back. And I have a question for the two of you as we get into last night's Monday night affair, which was disgusting in <laughs> Jersey. Don't you smile, Dustin Sweetelson. Wipe that smile, uh, that smirk. T-Y-S. smirky face. T-Y-S. TYS, what? both of you, TYS, told you so. Okay, well, l- let me ask you two a question, and, and just give me a second here. Did Brian Dayball pay Daniel Jones to trap and torture him? Because let me just say this. I'm fuming today with these basic New York Giants takes that I'm reading all over. And you, Amal Shaw, you, Dustin Sweetelson, and myself, we all in life have decisions to make. And once we make those decisions, we can't punish the decision out of resentment. Giants fans, regardless of what you think of Daniel Jones, it's crystal clear to me that you don't have a head coach. Last night, Brian Dayball exposed himself as a petty, small man on television. It was clear as the Jersey night that he intended to place blame on a statue, a dude with zero personality that can play the position in Daniel Jones. He was demonstrative on purpose. He was throwing the iPad on purpose. He staged it. It was choreographed. You signed him. It has nothing to do with shine. The general manager. This has everything to do with a brutal roster No talent around Jones and bad coaching. We'll get to the numbers in a second. But what did you expect, Brian Dayball? It was your decision. You said, this is the quarterback I'm going to work with. And then on national TV, you choreograph and throw him under the bus. It's the blame game. It's naive. It's ridiculous. It's petulant. And it makes Dayball look worse than Jones when Jones played about as bad as you can. Jones was running for his life last night. I know you guys are down on Jones. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetles, and you hate the quarterback. That's fine. I'll, I'll take the L if he ends up being garbage. But you tell me, has this Giants team supported him? No. Do they score 10 points a game? Yes. Who's Kafka? Kafka was a great writer back in the day, a philosopher. He's a garbage offensive coordinator. Who's Brian Dayball, but a little punk that's passive aggressive, throwing children's birthday parties before the season started. Get the hell out of here, you runt. 
taking it out on your quarterback. Oh. Who's the skill? Hold on one second. Who's the skill? Is it Darren Waller? Why'd you trade? Why'd you go out and grab Darren Waller if you're not going to throw him the football? Is it Isaiah Hodgins? Is it Paris Campbell? This isn't going to work. It's a garbage roster, a garbage coach, garbage GM, and they don't even play in New York. Amal Shaw. I, I, I don't think Daniel Jones is as bad as maybe the average New York Giants fan thinks he is. The bottom line is there's no quarterback in the National Football League that can survive when you're under an avalanche of Seahawks on every single play before the ball is snapped. I mean, they were letting guys through like they hated Daniel Jones. And the one other thing you brought up that's an excellent point, which is this roster on the offensive side of the ball, you just mentioned the names, Hodgins, Campbell. I mean, this is like the scene from Major League. Who are these guys? Nobody Who are knows. These guys? I mean, that's the reality of it. This team is bad without Saquon Barkley. They don't have the talent offensively. They're just not well put together, well constructed. This roster is not good enough. Even defensively, they weren't exposed last night simply because the Seahawks are inept. There are four football teams from last year. I was thinking about this yesterday as we were coming into the show today that have been so vastly overrated coming into the season. I know Minnesota had been downgraded because so many close games. Minnesota. The Giants get a ton of credit for one game where Daniel Jones ran all over the Vikings. We see the Seattle Seahawks get a ton of credit for beating the Rams twice and the Cardinals twice last year. They win nine games they get in the postseason. They don't even belong on the same planet as the San Francisco 49ers. On the flip side, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have one good half against an in-app coaching staff with the Chargers, and now all of a sudden everyone thinks Trevor Lawrence is the second coming. Second coming of what? Being a mid-team in the middle of that AFC South? There's a lot of teams right now that are vastly overrated. There's a tremendous point of demarcation in the NFL with tier one, tier two, and then everyone else. And the Giants are in that everyone else category, these teams that made the postseason last year. Until you start fixing that offensive line, the rest of the conversation is moot, and it won't matter if Daniel Jones is the best quarterback, the worst quarterback. We're never going to find out because he can't stand up upright. Well done. Well done, Amal. And hey, fellas, I, I promise I'm done grandstanding. Dustin Sweetelson with the told you so. First off, what are you preparing for an exam? You've been writing stuff the whole entire show. Get off your high horse. Stop, stop sandbagging and explain to me this. How is a quarterback supposed to accomplish anything? First off, any first down they got last night was because of his dumb feet. He was running for his life. He was sacked 11 times. You get to pretend like this offensive line and this talent at skill is enough to support Daniel Jones. Get that hell out of here. And if you, Sweetelson, you know what? You're an idiot because you love this. You pretend like you like the Giants and you come in. You just want to rub it in my face because I back Jones. If you're naive enough to buy the blame game from Dayball, I got a freaking bridge from Brooklyn to sell you. <laughs> what do you have? Chubbs. Daniel Jones, his Sorry. entire career will Sorry. be a N.A. You can't judge anything that has happened in his career or anything that will happen in his career because the New York Giants were supposed to be a franchise that's historical in the, in, in the history of the league and to do things the right way and to be this pillar of the National Football League. Take away two miracle runs with Eli through the playoffs where they barely got in and won the oh. Super Bowl. This franchise stinks. Stinks over the last 20, 25 years. Absolutely irrelevant outside of those two runs where they snuck in, didn't even give us a chance to enjoy the season as Giants fans. Secondly, they've been rebuilding this offensive line since 2012. Literally, Eli Manning's career ended the way it did because they couldn't protect him. He finally had to leave because he wasn't able to move around in the pocket at all. Yet, I just watched the Houston Texans with backup offensive linemen shut down T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith last week. But the Giants can't find an offensive lineman anywhere on the planet who can keep Daniel Jones upright? This is a joke. And this goes into roster construction. All of the other pieces are irrelevant if the foundation isn't there. You have to be good on the offensive line. This team has stunk there for literally a decade. It's a joke. Do something else. I'm scared to turn around. People are clapping like something happened in the baseball game. Nothing happened, hey. but they were listening to your rant because they could hear it all the way down at Bacon Nation. Hey, Amal Shah, yeah. can I ask you a question? What's longer, the walk from Garage Mahal to the D or his trip down memory lane? My gosh, was that <laughs> syrupy. What a disaster. Says the guys who told <laughs> look at, me. Look at the pose. Me. Why are you posing like that? You, you guys told me, guys, the Giants are in a great spot after they lost to the Niners. They have extra time to prepare for <laughs> Seattle. And I told you guys they were going to stink. I told you this team stinks. Hold, hold on a second. We're going to get Caleb Williams. It's the only positive thing that's going to happen this year. 
Hold on a second. First of all, if Daniel Jones could just hit a little uh, in route. He has PTSD. <laughs> Try dropping back in the pocket. And the one time someone isn't in your grill, you don't realize what you're supposed to do with all the time you have. You know what I'd be sitting there counting? I'd be like, damn, dude, I just made 800000 last week. Another 800000 next week because I'm stealing $40 million from the New York football giants. Mm. I don't think he. Th- I don't think he thinks that way. I think he's their offensive line is a bunch of folding chairs. What was this <laughs> offseason? They were overwhelmed with talent last year when they went nine seven and one. Mm, not really. Yeah. They were fifteenth in scoring. They were seventeenth in opponent scoring. You know what they are this year? They're thirty seconds. They're thirty second in scoring and thirtieth in opponent scoring. I'm guessing Daniel Jones now plays defense for your boy Winky Martindale. Stop I'm not, it. I'm not blaming Daniel Jones. I think it's an absolute organizational failure for a very, very long time here. Like, do you understand? They they dra- they missed on Eric Flowers. They let guys like Weston Richburg go along. They're so bad at offense on the offensive line right now. I'm dreaming about Will Beatty. Look him up. <laughs> Look him up, kids. Well, first hey, can I ask, hey, Chris, where's Chris Snee when you need him? Hey, but fellas, do you know what I was doing watching that game last night? This Devin Witherspoon from Illinois, I'm thinking to myself, like, he was a difference maker. Yeah. And you know what I'm glad? I'm glad the Lions got a running back. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 had PT, they had PTSD from Jeff Akuda. That's why they didn't go with That's Witherspoon. A, that is that is a valid point. Although they used the second overall pick to grab grab Akuda. Oh, I don't. Is he even playing for the Falcons right now? He was hurt. I'll tell you this: the New York Giants next Shocker. next four drafts, first rounder. If you if you're not number one and you get Caleb Williams, offensive line next year, offensive line. The year after that, offensive line. Do that. How about this? Let's build a house with the right sort of infrastructure here. Let's get a foundation and build it up. Amal, Dustin and I have hogged the segment. You take us out. Giants, Seahawks. What would you take from the Seahawks on the way out? The Seattle Seahawks offense needs a lot of work, and Geno Smith doesn't know what a dirty play is. (laughs) Yeah, he's pissed. When we come back, the betting ramifications from the 24-3 win for the Seahawks last night, and Arthur Smith has made a decision at quarterback for the Falcons. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and soccer bet with historical data and trends. Stop betting in the dark. You can download the Hall of Fame app right now or visit hofbets.com and use the code WINNER to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Okay, we're back here. Sharp Money, Major League Baseball postseason underway in Tamper. We'll get you caught up on what's happening there. I'm Patrick Maher as we welcome you in on a Tuesday. Last night, of course, you had a 23-3 winner for Seattle as they head to their bye. 24-3 winner, to a correction, as they head to their bye. And the Giants got the Dolphins coming up. We'll get to that game and discuss it. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. As we mentioned, okay, so... I, a little bit was it was being theatrical, uh, my conversation about, you know, we have decisions to make, but I'm curious to get your point before we hear from Brian Dayball. Uh, your vibe on Dayball, obviously nine wins last year with a team that wasn't really expected to do much. They don't have a ton of talent. Joel, the shine kid who's running the personnel didn't do a ton during this offseason. Waller's not being utilized. That's why I brought up Kafka and Dayball. But fellas, and Amal, I'll start with you here. I, I was kind of being grandstandy a little bit with we all have decisions in life to make, but Dayball was the one that said, yes, I sign off. I co-sign the uh, idea of signing um, Daniel Jones to the four-year deal. The idea that he's going to undress him on the sideline, that felt purposeful. What was your take on how demonstrative the head coach was? Yeah, I always feel like a player is going to be harder on himself than a coach is. And so many times I don't really feel like unless it's a personal foul penalty or something that's disruptive to what the team's trying to achieve. And you can say the interception obviously is that. But to me, there's just no need for it. I actually like Daniel Jones' disposition. And, you know, last night is not necessarily a kind of a scouting report that you want to put out there if you're Daniel Jones in terms of his performance. But I still don't think he's as bad as I thought he was last year. I think he's improved. I think he utilizes his legs well. But guys, can we talk about the fact that 
Sterling Shepard, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, Darren Waller. These guys can't get away from any single coverage. It is unbelievable. Every time you look around, everybody is covered. There's nobody open for him to throw the ball to. And I don't think it's just... There are so many areas of deficiency for this New York Giants offense. You want to point to Daniel Jones? He's the least of your problems. Yeah, and Dustin, same question for you as a Giants fan. Um, Look, we're all going to have to eat it from our bosses, and that's just the way the world works at times. We're going to have to eat it, but that was historical pressure. The quarterback, like it feels like the wrong time to make an example of the quarterback would be like, why isn't Dayball specifically going at each individual offensive lineman for struggling even worse than the quarterback was at their specific job? Because I think they know that they stink. And I don't think that helps in any way. Like, they're, they're aware that they are they are the weak spot of the entire team. If they're just serviceable, this offense is totally different. Like, there's so many other, other teams out there that have bad offensive lines, but they're able to get results around it. For some reason, the New York Giants, for literally a decade, have been unable to do it, and I just don't understand it. So, Brian Dable, after the game, was questioned about the development of the offensive line. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I'd say that... Um you know, there's some things that we've improved on and, and obviously some things that we need to work on. Um, again, you know, some of these games, Dan, have, have led to some passing situations uh, late in the game where they're teeing off. And then that's a collective that's a collective thing, starting with us and, and down to the execution of the play. But uh, certainly, you know, we have to do a better job uh, all the way around. Are you okay. satisfied with the job? Well, I'm not satisfied with continuing? anything right now. Yeah. Um, okay. So that, that's collectively as a team. Brian Dayball. So he's not satisfied. I don't know. What do you guys take from well, that? Well, so let, let me play another one for you then. It okay. kind of is going to your point. Uh, the scores of these games were brought up because they've gotten blown out to start the season. Here's a little back and forth with a reporter about it. You say it's the first quarter of the season, but how eye-opening is it to you? I mean, you're not just losing games. You lost by 40, uh, 18, and 21. I know the scores, Jordan. I got you. Yeah, not good. So uh, a lot of work that needs to be done. (laughs) So I know we have more from Dayball. Also, if Thibodeau holds on to that pick and runs into the end zone, completely different game. Like, there's a lot in that last night. That could have turned it. It's not just Jones. I guess my point is, and I'm probably hammering it too hard. It's just there's a lot. Go ahead, Dustin. I know you have more. Yeah, no, look, I've been saying this forever, and I felt like a crazy person. I'm so happy other people who don't watch this team, like, as closely as I do every week are now saying it. Like, it's not Daniel Jones' fault. Now, every now and then he'll do something, and you'll go, you know what? That one is his fault. But after a while, a guy can only do so much back there. Do you understand? They, they had double-digit sacks. The last time there was a, a team with double-digit sacks was against your Lions and Matthew Stafford. That dude got beaten down his entire career in Detroit. Was He had an injured spleen at one point. You want Daniel Jones to be a guy like that who just gets beaten down his entire career? The NFL record for sacks in a game is 12. They were one away from the record last night. You know, the other thing to your guys' point about Daniel Jones, I think we talked about the offensive line, but again, if you're looking at it from a Seattle perspective, we've talked about it from a Giants perspective, if they get that touchdown there, they're four yards away. That's a one-possession game. I mean, Seattle had every opportunity in the world. And by the way, guys, real quick, I want to bring this up in the fourth quarter. I don't know if you guys were watching at this point. Seattle gets the football back up by 18 points. They throw the ball three straight times. What the hell was that? I mean, how are you throwing the ball three straight times, two incompletions, when all you got to do is basically kneel down and say, listen, we're going to punt and play defense? You know who hated that? This guy, because I had under 226 pass yards on Daniel Jones. Now it got there, but when they got the ball back, I'm like, he's just going to be chucking it. I'm 20 yards away. I couldn't believe they gave him a few uh, free plays there. I was like, a buddy of mine and I were talking about it. Next sequence, you know Seattle's going to run the ball on every play. Pete Carroll has, I can't believe we're still letting this guy drive a car vibes to him right now. (laughs) Like everybody talks, every everybody talks about how young he seems. Not really. He kind of seems like he's got about two, three beers in him at all times. Just a little bit about to fall over. No, I a think- little bit like his young assistants aren't really paying attention. They're just humoring what he's talking about. Like. 
God bless him. You love his energy at his age, but it seems odd, no? He feels like he's actually mixing uppers and downers. Like, he's drunk and wired at the same time. Like, he doesn't know which way he's going. Because if you listen to his press conferences, you can't shut him up. He doesn't actually say anything, but like he's like, I thought this was going to and he's ADD and going off the trails and coming back and you need somebody to, to go get him in the woods and bring him back to, to reality. Like he is a weird guy, but I got to tell you, his teams win. He wins a lot of football games. Yeah, his teams do win. By, by the way, this yeah. guy got Geno Smith to the postseason, but Bill Belichick can't get anybody else to the postseason named Tom Brady. That's a valid point. You, you love that though. <laughs> the conversation about Belichick is one that's starting to get very interesting. You're not wrong about that. Hey, just quickly peeking ahead, of course, Seattle. Now, you were talking about an early buy. That is exactly that as Seattle heads into their buy. Just a great spot to head into a buy. Three and one. You go on the road, you win, you travel back home, you give the guys a few days off. It's great. And then you take a look at the number. I don't know if this is an overcorrection, boys, but we're up to 11. Miami with the Giants in town next Sunday, the early one o'clock window, East Coast time. 11 is the number. Feels like a bit of an overcorrection, no? You're, you might not be wrong in terms of an overcorrection, but the Dolphins are coming off of a tremendously poor performance defensively. The offense was stymied or shut down for basically two and a half quarters in that football game. It was a competitive game early on, and then Buffalo just ran away with it. Miami couldn't do anything effectively. And then you've got a Giants team that's coming in on a shorter week. They haven't played well. We know how bad the offensive line is. The defense, I'll tell you what, last night, I don't know. I think the, I think the Seahawks' philosophy on offense is, listen, guys, if we hold on every play, they're not going to call it on every play. No, they might actually have to if you're so egregious in your holds. I mean, it was unbelievable the number of penalties the Seahawks offense was piling up early on in this game. Um, I, I just think when you look at this Giants team right now, this is a tough situation for them. I, I think Miami's offense could really pop in this particular spot against New York. Walker got, well, until Mel Tucker did something shady, Walker got him close to $99 million or whatever that deal was. Because remember, he transferred from Wake and that Michigan State season was all about Walker. Kenneth Walker, fellas, in the pros is a freaking superstar. He he is so good. He is so explosive and so much faster than his size would lead you to believe. He's awesome. Yeah, notice what Seattle does. They draft running backs well. They find them. They use them, and they move on. They allocate that money elsewhere on the roster, and it works for them over and over again. They, they find random guys like Travis Homer. They take a shot on Kenneth Walker. They got Charbonnet in the backfield. Somehow they always have good running backs up in Seattle. Okay. There it is. Well, Also, lay six Seattle. and a half in the first half with Miami against the Giants. I love it. What would you say? Lay six and a half in the first half, Miami against the Giants. Okay, 11 is the full game, 50 on the total as we sit here October 3rd. We're going to jog the board coming up. Amal's got a take on Michigan and Ohio State. And we've got, speaking of which, a bunch of college football starting next. Hudson Mason, ESPN College Football, and Dan Mullen, ESPN College Football. Coming up. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 
Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melody. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook, this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonuses instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code SHARP when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We got you back. Major League Baseball playoffs underway. As we say hi, I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. This is Sharp Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Going to transition a little bit, although we can get into the NFL and the baseball postseason as well as college football uh, with Hudson Mason, of course, the former Georgia quarterback, ESPN college football analyst. You can see and hear Hudson on 680. The fan hosts the locker room weekdays, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. And as we say, hi, hi, Hudson. Thank you for joining us. I, randomly, I'm going to start here with the team that was just in London. Uh, Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter. Can you give us an idea of the conversation around the quarterback with Falcons fans right now? What do they think of the quarterback? Oh boy. Uh, a little bit of a mixed bag, you know, guys. Um, I think there's a, a part of the fan base that obviously believes that Desmond Ritter is the problem. Uh, and then there's equally just as much of a fan base that thinks that, uh, you know, Drake London, Kyle Pitts are not, um, are not producing or not getting open the way that they should be for, for first round draft picks, not creating the separation. Uh, and then also Arthur Smith is not designing plays um, and not drawing up plays that, that really utilize your best players. And so, you know, I think um, the first two weeks of the season compared to the last two weeks uh, has been a huge drop off in a lot of different ways for the Falcons. And so Houston comes to town and, and uh, boy, are they, playing good good football and and you know the Falcons will probably be underdogs the next two weeks uh against the Texans and Washington and I didn't think that uh I would say that uh just a couple weeks ago from your estimation you played the position how do you see it currently as it's constructed on this offense and Arthur Smith calling the plays and you mentioned the guys on the perimeter yeah you know guys I think um you know, right now I see an offensive line that's struggling, uh, especially on the right side. They just re-signed Caleb um, McGarry and Lindstrom, or, or Lindstrom is one of the highest paid, you know, right guards in the NFL. He's not, he is not living up to the, to the um, expectation. So I think a lot of pressure on the offensive line, the young quarterback has gotten hit a lot this year, but also Ritter, I think is, he's not playing with a lot of confidence and he's really just not letting it rip. I think he's struggling to uh, make that transition and understand what's open in college versus what's open in the NFL. Uh, guys are not going to run wide open in the NFL. Uh, if a receiver has a step on a defender that's open in the NFL and you got to let that rip. And so I think he's still, he, he hasn't made the jump that I think we all thought he would make after four starts last year. And um, it's, it's been painful. It's been, I mean, uh, the past two weeks has been anemic uh, passing-wise. And, um, you know, I, I never thought that we'd make the Chicago Bears passing offense look like the greatest show on turf, but that's, uh, that's what the Falcons offense has done the past two weeks. Okay, Hudson, I promise we'll get to college football. But how about the Braves there in town? 104 wins. I'm sure they're going nuts. What's your take? World Series or bust for this team? 
Yeah, man, it's a great question. You know, I'm kind of more, um, Hey, the Braves need to get to the world series, uh, or bus type. Um, you know, as we saw last year, the major league baseball is, is weird. It's teams can get hot like Philly last year at the right time. But there's no doubt like this Braves team and what they did in the regular season and being one of the best offenses that we've seen in modern baseball history, uh, they have to get to the world series. Otherwise it is a bust. Um, and you know, right now with, uh, Max Freed missing the last 15 days and going on the IL because of a blister problem and Charlie Morton, who's not going to be a part of the NLDS roster at all, uh, because of an index strain, like there's a lot of Braves fans that are a little bit on edge. Um, and you know, you're going to get the winner of, uh, of Philly and Miami. And we know what Philly did last year, getting hot at the right time. And that's an offensive lineup in Philly. That's top 10 in the league and in a lot of major statistical categories. So, um, but there's high expectation and man, there's nothing like this city with the Braves and the history of TBS and, and the Braves fans, especially the way they've played this year and what they've done offensively. It's a lot of excitement about this team. Matt, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's go to your former team, the University of Georgia. This is a still a prolific scoring offense, uh, but this team in the first quarter this year in five games has managed 17 points. What is with the slow starts with Kirby's offense? Yeah, you know, it's the million-dollar question. I just got done doing another radio hit, and the other people wanted – the other show wanted to know the same thing. I think one of the things that sticks out to me and maybe one area of advice that or observation that I notice is you look at the numbers for Carson Beck, even going back to last week, just last week versus Auburn, uh, his numbers in the second half versus the first half. It, it was great. And I think they're just asking more of him in the second half and I think what they need to do is really just put the ball in his right hand earlier in the games. It feels like at times in the first and second quarter, um, Kirby Smart and Mike Bobo are kind of like, hey, we're going to show you that we're balanced. We're, and it feels a little forced instead of saying like, hey, man, our quarterback's averaging 300 yards a game, second the SEC. She's taking care of the football. He's got one of, if not the best pass catcher in Brock Bowers in, in all of college football. I think they just need to ask more of them. And Georgia's really banged up at running back. Um, they are underachieving right now on the offensive line. And so I think a way to kind of um, fix some of those slow start problems is start throwing the ball more. Uh, be aggressive. Uh, and I think at times with a defensive head coach, I think Kirby kind of is all right with just, hey, let's let's play a little small ball offensively and play great defense. And if we went by three, we went by three. But I think they've got to um, – an easy adjustment is let's come out, let's take our shots, let's treat Carson Beck in the second half, uh, in the first half like they've done in the second half. Hudson Mason joining us, ESPN College Football Analyst, 680 The Fan, all over everything, Georgia, SEC as well. Let's transition. Bama's going to College Station, Hudson. Bama's laying two and a half at A&M. Let me get your take on this matchup. Yeah, you know, um, it's a really intriguing matchup because I like Max Johnson. Um, you know, Max Johnson is a guy who has a lot of starting experience in the SEC. Max Johnson, Texas A&M quarterback who has, uh, who has come in um, after the, the injury to uh, Connor Wegman. And uh, he's done really well. And this is not your typical number two quarterback. Matt Johnson started at LSU as a freshman, transferred to Texas A&M, played some last year, and now is, uh, is back in the starting lineup. Um, and I'm really kind of fascinated at Alabama right now because, you know, really ever since the second half of the Ole Miss game and last week against Mississippi State, um, offensively they look like they're starting to get an identity. And, and so I think that's what makes this game so hard to kind of, uh, to kind of predict is, are we going to get the first half of Alabama, uh, offensively? Are we going to get what we saw against Texas or are we going to get what we've seen like the last four or six quarters, excuse me. Um, and so I, I think that this is a, a really close ball game. I think it comes down to really Max Johnson. If Max Johnson plays, really above what we've seen him do, I think Texas A&M could pull this off. Uh, otherwise, I think Alabama wins with their defense and they could get out by winning by three. Hudson, let's go to the game between the hedges. Intriguing matchup. Last year in Lexington, Georgia wins 16-6. to Now Kentucky comes calling. Ray Davis 
had a game that you would say is pretty good. He had three great weeks in one game against Florida last week. Can this Georgia offense put together enough consistency? I know they can score the ball, but can they put it together consistently enough against a Kentucky team that's going to want to run, play game clock management, and play defense? Yeah, you know, guys, I think they can. I think this is going to be a defense for Kirby Smart that is really uh, comes in cranky, agitated. Uh, they know that the game that Kentucky's coming off of, rushing the ball for 300 yards against Florida, Oh, by the way, uh, Kirby Smart's defense gave up over 200 yards on the ground for the first time since 2018 last week against Auburn. And so um, that just does not happen. Uh, And I think there's going to be so much attention and focus on Ray Davis that Kentucky is going to have to throw the football. And they have not been able to do that this year at all. I mean, even last week, they, they didn't even throw for 100 yards. And so... Uh, Devin Leary has kind of been a shell of himself this year at Kentucky. He's been good, but he just hasn't been really the the quarterback that we saw uh, at NC State. So 17, 17 and a half, I think is what I've seen on that line, which is so fascinating. But Georgia has not covered a game at all this year. Uh, I'm not a betting man, but <laughs> if I was, I would, I would take uh, Kentucky to cover and cover slightly. Well, speaking of cover, we covered a lot, Hudson. Great job. We got the Braves in. We got the Falcons. Got SEC football. Georgia, of course. Hudson Mason. ESPN College Football. 680 The Fan. You can find him on Twitter at HMason14. Thank you, Hudson. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. Does a very good job. Good booking, big guy. When we return, big-time coach, now ESPN College Football Analyst Dan Mullen joins us right here. Sharp Money. We'll keep the college football rolling. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.